fans. It's time for GSU Panther Zone. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York. This is Impact Media's weekly dive into the world of the Georgia State Panthers football team. Lots to get into tonight. Uh, in the second part of the show, we will be joined by special guest Jermaine Powell of the Chop Shop podcast and, of course, Sports Talk 101 on Facebook as he will help me preview the matchup with Southern Mississippi and Georgia State coming up this weekend. Lots to get into, as I said. But first, I want to tell you that if you would like to contact the show, here are the ways you can do so. You can email us, 3endzone at gmail.com. That is the number 3, E-N-D-Z-O-N-E, at gmail.com. You can search for us on Facebook, whether that is Impact Media, GSU Panther Zone, Jeremy York. Any of those should find us uh, rather quickly. If you are one of those people, and we love you guys all the same, that like to click on a link and listen to a show, go to Twitter, at Team Impact Media. Just scroll down to the show that you would like to listen to, click on it. You can listen to it multiple times. There are no maximums on that. If you would like to follow myself for show links, other things on the show, other things off the show, random things I get into, things like that, you can do so by following me at TheImpact99 on Twitter, Triller, TikTok, and Instagram. And, of course, you can find us anywhere you find a podcast, including Podcast One, Spotify, the iTunes Store. In fact, if there's a place that you regularly get a podcast that you cannot find us, please let us know. We will remedy that shortly. Lots to get into, as I said. Uh, The Panthers had the big win over the weekend over Old Dominion, 31-17. Darren Granger rushed for 100 yards again. This was 19 carries for 113 yards. Uh... Or 19 for 104. Yeah. And a rush for a touchdown as well. Tucker Gregg became the all-time yards leader. He passed Trey Barnett uh, late in this game. He had 56 yards and a touchdown. And Marcus Carroll had seven carries for 22 yards and his first score of the year. Fantastic. Get him on the board. Jam added uh, some good yards as well. Darren Granger was 14 for 20 for 195 yards and a touchdown. He was sacked the one time. That's where he lost some of the yards. Uh, Once again, people stepping in when they get the opportunity to. Talik Williams. Talik Williams, uh, wide receiver, five catches for 50 yards. But more importantly, yes, he had a fumble. But right after he had the fumble, he was able to... Uh, a couple plays later, as he fielded the punt after the defense made a stop, he was able to return the ball actually slightly further than where he fumbled the ball initially. Uh, that, that kid is uh, fantastic. There is going to be a clip later of Darren Granger talking about Talik, and I uh, think you guys are going to enjoy that. Jamari Thrash caught the lone touchdown. He had 87 yards and uh, three catches. Uh, Kadarius Thompson stepping up, making some – some big plays, and Tucker Gregg 
gets his first catches of the year as they utilize him coming out of the backfield. Uh, he had two catches for uh, 24 yards. Just uh, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Michael Hayes, of course, was taking care of all the kicking duties, did a fantastic job with that. And uh, on defense, we were led by uh, Ant Lane, Finzial, John Trey Hunter, and actually Justin Abraham. And lucky for us, we got to talk to Justin postgame. We will listen, we will hear from him here in a few minutes as well. Overall, this game started, uh, you get you get Old Dominion on the board uh, with a touchdown uh, pretty, pretty quickly in. Well, about eight, uh, I think there was, I think there was eight minutes left when uh, that happened. They, it went a little bit, but uh, they get the score and then Georgia State answers and then Georgia State answers again in the second. Uh, Old Dominion ties it at 14. We get the chance to go ahead, and the kick gets blocked right before halftime, and you're just wondering, what's going to happen? Do you let that bother you, or do you move on? Well, they clearly moved on, because in the second half, in the second half, um, that's when Granger, Granger rushed in, and got the first score to make it 21-14. Not long after that, about a minute after that, Marcus Carroll gets his 11-yard rush into into the end zone to make it 28-14. Michael Hayes puts a field goal on the board to make it 31-14, and uh, Sanchez for them had a 40-yard field goal to make it 31-17. That was your final score. Uh, Old Dominion, they just, every time they tried to do something, it seemed like Georgia State had an answer. So, in the long run, they're back to the drawing board a little bit, and Georgia State gets another conference win. They improve to 3-5, and five, and there is uh, still a lot of work to be done, but it's good to know that when injuries happen, like the Jordan Jones injury, we will hear about, you going to hear about that? Yes, Coach is going to tell us about that. It uh, is a weird, bizarre situation. But uh, without further ado, let's listen to some of these clips from the press conference. First up, we're going to hear Coach talk about the pass rush and the defensive performance tonight. And here's what he said about that. Well, yeah, you know, we did certainly get it. Uh, you know, a lot of times sacks are dedic- uh, dictated off, you know, how quickly they throw the ball. I don't care who you got it there. Lawrence uh, Taylor, Dexter Manley on both sides. If you're catching throw and it's an RPA, RPO game, uh, it's just, that's just hard. Uh, they were a down-the-field throw team, and uh, he held it, and they were able to get some pressure. Nice stunts up front. I think all those guys uh, got in the mix up front, sack-wise. I don't know. Uh, Exactly. How many do we have? Uh, six. Six. So that's a that's a pretty good uh, pretty good day rushing. Yeah, clearly as a former defensive lineman, uh, coach was was big into the performance of of the defense, and uh, I don't think that yeah, it wasn't on that clip, but there there was another time when he said, "Anytime you know that you can just pin your ears back and go after the quarterback, it is a good day." And they were able to do that quite a bit. Six sacks on the day. 
just uh, a good overall defensive performance. Uh, we also asked Coach about Tucker Gregg breaking the record, and here's what he said about that. Yeah, you know, um, what, a, what, a, what a really nice story. Uh, and I won't say story. God, this is a, this is a young man that, uh, you know, he didn't have any offers coming out of high school. He worked hard. He was an extremely dedicated, committed player to his high school program, and uh, he recruited us and, and came here, and it was very, very evident that uh, what he brought here was a stability, a leadership mentality, a work effort that uh, that you don't see a lot of uh, in this day and age. Uh, and it's, he's just a tremendous young man, you know, and I'm very, very proud of him. Um, setting the record, you know, I, I think back to when we got here, you know, that, that piece of paper could stop us running the football. Uh, and, but our offensive line, it does a great job delivering. And uh, when you have backs like Tucker, J.M., Marcus Carroll, and we've got other good backs uh, right there in the wing, you know, it's just, a, it's just nice to see them go out. But uh, for that young man to have the record, that, that's, that says it's just really incredible. And, of course, Tucker, like you said, his, his story that's it's still being written uh, just uh, from a barely noticed player, you know, the Georgia State official podcast, released an interview where coach interviews Tucker and, and from going from a, a barely recognized player to being a walk-on to five years later being the – taken over for Trey Barnett as the all-time yards leader. I, I think the, the world is is the oyster of Tucker Gregg. It is what he wants to make of it, and he is going to continue to do some just massively – Massively big things. Uh, we also asked Coach about Justin Abraham and him being ready to come in after the Jordan Jones injury. And here is what Coach said about that. Well, let me tell you, Jordan Jones uh, showed up here. He was very nice and healthy and uh, went up a few flights of stairs. And next thing I know, he's out. And I'm like, oh, no. Uh, and Abraham steps in there and you have to play. And, uh, you know, <laughs> It's, it's the game of football. The game of football, it happens, and you have to prepare mentally and physically to be able to go out in there and play. He stepped in there, he had a nice interception there at the end and some nice tackles. He needs to go down on that interception. You know, as soon as he gets it, he th- kind of felt like he's going to score, but that was a that was a far cry. <laughs> but uh, just proud of him. Uh, you know, we had other guys out there. You know, we uh, God, we were missing uh, Credo out there and, uh, and Robert Lewis, a wide receiver, and other guys stepping up. You know, it's just... It's just the name of the game. If you don't prepare like you're going to play each and every week, then you'll never be ready to play. And I think they prepared this. I know Justin prepared. I watched him. Yeah, as 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 stated there, it's uh, it was a bizarre situation because we didn't really know what was going on either. We thought Jordan was starting, and then all of a sudden we see Justin Abraham out there, and we're just, uh, okay, I guess we'll hear about that later. And we actually got a chance to hear that. So, you know. Good on coach for for being up front, which he always is. He could have he he could have hit behind. Well, I'm not a doctor. We don't know that, but hey, he he come out and told us that, that one minute he thought Jordan Jones was in, and the next minute he found out he's out. And so he looked at Justin Abraham and said, "It's you." Uh, next, we are going to hear from Tucker Gregg on uh, the way he looks at, at things and some of the big goals that he has. I have a, I'm very, I have a lot of big goals in life, you know, um, I've always wanted to play in the NFL, that's always been a big dream of mine, so uh, I've always, you know, set my standard for myself very high, 
uh, I try to in the off season always trying to you know train um, and and get my get my body where it needs to be and get ready for the season. Um, so I mean back in that back in those days, you know, I was just wanting a chance, and uh, fortunately Georgia State they seemed the most interested, gave me a chance. So and that's all I wanted. Yeah, Tucker, man, he is he is a, a different cat. He is a, a different thinker. Uh, I, I enjoy talking to him. It's always a lot of fun. You could tell how uh, mature and how smart he is based off of his answers. And once again, he is going to do some amazing things. And I can't wait to see what he's going to do. In fact, listen to the podcast from this week, uh, the, the GSU Panthers uh, podcast that uh, – like I said, that interview the coach does of him is uh, great, and they get into a lot of uh, potential down-the-road things that he likes. We also asked Tucker about what these long drives for the offense mean for him and for the team. Two different times, two different drives that Georgia State had for this game were 17 plays long. That just puts the defense just gassed and out of it, and that was one way that they officially – uh, put put this game away. But here is what Tucker says about those long drives. It feels good because you know you're you're getting on a good little groove. You know you're, you're pushing the ball down the field. You're grinding. You're grinding in the hard we hard. Just like get just you know going right down the field. So as long as we're pushing forward and you know when you have a plate or when you have drives like that, uh, it's good to see because you know you can move the ball on. Yeah, like I said, it just it zaps the energy of of the defense. It seems to feed right into the offense. That they just feel almost invincible at that point. Uh, up next, we talked to Jordan, Justin Abraham, not Jordan, Justin Abraham, who came in for Jordan Jones. We heard about that injury. Uh, first, we asked him about he got an interception towards the end of the game, and he was asked about that interception and what he did with the ball. The ball go to my hand, and all I can think about is my teammate uh, creating a, con- a convoy for me. He hit it. That's all I think about him, my mama. So, to the ball to my mama. Isn't that awesome? Gave the ball to mom. I'm pretty sure she got to keep it. I didn't see anybody go get it from her. Uh, but like you said, he, he wanted to return it back. And uh, Coach, you talked about that earlier. He, he wanted him to really get down. But uh, you want that caravan? You want it? You want the pick six. Everybody wants that. Uh, and then we also asked Justin about being ready after the Jordan Jones injury. And here is what he said about being ready to play. I'm going to be honest. I wasn't ready. <laughs> It just kind of happened. Um, all I could think about is that Coastal game. Some uh, unfortunate turn of events happened to Coastal game. And then when I got there, I just realized it's something we all been playing since we was little kids. That's kind of the fun just kind of came back and it took over. Butterflies went out the window. <laughs> yeah, isn't that great? A lot of people wouldn't include that clip. But, no, that is that is Justin for you. He was being straight up. He was being honest. Uh, that, you know, he didn't think he was starting, so he, he was uh, going through his routine to potentially come off the bench if needed. And all of a sudden, he's uh, tapped on the shoulder and, hey, actually, you're in. And so uh, he had to quickly prepare himself because, he, as he said, he wasn't prepared at the time. He, he, was, he didn't have his mind right and everything, but uh, he came in, did a great job. He had interception. He had uh, uh, he had a he didn't have a sack, he, but he was just all over the place. He had a – it wasn't a sack. It was a tipped pass. He he knocked it down when Old Dominion was actually in the red zone, and it ended up being a very pivotal play. And then lastly, we got to talk to Darren. Darren was a little hoarse, but he yelled quite a bit during the, the uh, game. 
as he likes to do. First, we ask him about Talik Williams and what he means to this team. Talik can be special. You know, he has the speed. You know, he's great with the ball in his hand. So, and Talik's a gamer. You know, when he gets in the game, you know, he's going to make plays. So, I feel like he did great today with the ball in his hands. He had a good punt return, kick return. So, I'm, I'm glad that he got to go out there and make some plays. And then, of course, we asked Darren, um, after you know, including Talik, on what it is about when plays break down and about him making plays as a quarterback. Um, you know, you just got to have a clock in your head. It just That's what me and Coach emphasized, especially like this week. You know, they was coming in in the country five, uh, five and sack. So just being, being decisive with my legs and just knowing I could get out of the pocket and make plays. So just having that clock and just making plays when they are there for me. And as you can hear, you, you just you got to keep your head on a swivel, as the saying goes, and you got to you got to just keep that clock in your head and just know that those guys are coming sooner rather than later. But overall, it's always more fun when everybody's in a good mood at those press conferences. It was fun getting to talk to three of the amazing superstars from today, and uh, it's always better when you win. That's uh, a famous former coach, Georgia State, said that it's it's uh, it's more fun when you win. But they get the conference win. As I said, they get their third win of the year. They are now three and five with four games to go. They need to win at least three out of four to be considered for a bowl. It's not guaranteed. I keep telling people that you have to win at least six to be considered. And in this case, you're probably going to get in, but just, you know, take care of business. they got to win three of the next four. All of these games are winnable, especially if this team is playing the way they're playing currently. But we are going to take a short break to talk about our friends from betonline.net. And when we come back, we will have our feature guest, Jermaine Powell of the Chop Shop podcast and show. And, of course, Sports Talk 101 on Facebook. But we're going to take a short break, and then we will have Jermaine on. Hi, this is Jeremy the Impact York from Strong Style, Board Check, and That Sports Show. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, including this year's opening games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline. Where the game starts. And we're back here on GSU Panther Zone. Make sure to visit our friends at betonline.net. They not only have the wager lines, they have the podcasts, they have the articles. They will make you a smarter fan, even if it is not legal to wager where you're at. Hey, we're here in Georgia. It's technically illegal to, to uh, wager on games here, but I can still go there. I can listen to podcasts. I can listen to the articles. I can be a smarter fan at the water cooler at the convenience store, at your local Walmart. Wherever you want to be a smarter fan, you can definitely do that with betonline.net. Now, 
something we haven't done in a long time. It is great to finally have guests back on GSU Panther Zone. Right now, I want to bring on probably the best Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles fan that I know. He's probably the most knowledgeable. And uh, he is uh, a good friend of mine. Just spent some time on his podcast that we will talk about here in a minute. But he is Jermaine Powell. How are you, Jermaine? Hey, what's going on, Jeremy? Thanks for having me, man. Glad to be here. It is good to be on. Of course, as I said, uh, he is part of the Chop Shop Braves podcast uh, that you can find yours truly on uh, an episode or so ago. Had a blast doing that, by the way. And also, he runs uh, one of the best Facebook groups I have ever been a part of, uh, Sports Talk 101. Man, we get some spirited debates going on there, don't we? Oh, yeah, all the time. <laughs> and, they, and they're all good, clean fun. That's the best part is that, is that we, yeah. don't, we don't have any bad riffraff on there. No. But uh, what, what I learned, I knew that you are from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and that and you spent uh, a good majority of your life there. I did not realize how diehard – and how uh, diehard of a fan you were of the Golden Eagles. So uh, kind of fill everybody in as to when that started. Yeah, Southern Miss has been like a family team for hours, man. Uh, we've been going ever since I can remember, old enough to walk, uh, can see, can remember. I was a Southern Miss fan, <laughs> haven't missed the game in probably the last 20 years maybe. I'm watching it. If I'm not watching them there in person, and, you know, I follow the team and everything about them. So, yeah. Diehard Southern Miss to the core. So uh, right here in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, stadium is about uh, three miles from my house. So, hey. <laughs> you talk hey, about Southern awesome. Miss football, you got the right person. Hey, exactly. And, I, and I'm, I'm glad it worked out that way. Uh, because, sure. you know, we were talking beforehand, and since you guys are new to the Sun Belt, you're not very familiar with Georgia State. And since you guys are new to the Sun Belt, I'm not very familiar with Southern Mississippi. So, We'll, we'll kind of shorten it a little bit to, you know, your overall take of the university, maybe in recent years, and then uh, tell us, like, your your take on the team this year. Okay, so the Miss, uh, for those that's not really familiar with them, they were known, uh, especially early in the Conference USA days where they came from, they were known as the giant killers. They would go on the road to take on the bigger schools, the Penn States, the uh, Floridas and other people. And a lot of times they would win those games. If they didn't win them, they would actually, you know, really be in those games and give them a scare. So <laughs> they they didn't <laughs> want to invite Southern Miss too much. But uh, then we had a couple of down years, uh, you know, in the middle of 2000s, and they're actually coming back up. We got Will Hall, uh, the Tulane coordinator, former coordinator at Tulane. Now he's the head coach here. So he's Mississippi born and raised. Mm-hmm. And um, Southern Miss is actually coming back around. Had a couple of bad seasons there, uh, a couple one and two win seasons. Last year was a three win season. So, um, you know, we knew to the Sun Belt, he's actually getting his guys in because he came in. You know, uh, we had a oh, horrible coaching carousel <laughs> the year before he was hired. We had four different uh, interim head coaches. So, wow. he provided a little stability to the program. He's getting his guys in. Over half the roster is Mississippi uh, born and raised guys. So, it's it's a new day at Southern Miss, and we liking what we're seeing so far. Hey, that's that's definitely a good thing. But wow, four interim coaches—that's that's rough. Two seasons ago, we had four interim coaches. The uh, <laughs> the head coach at the time he left after the first game, so then we had uh, three other interims after that before we actually fired, you know hired Will Hall the next uh, season. So 
It's some stability to it. He said this is his dream job. Like I said, he's a Mississippi guy from Avery, Mississippi. So, so right now it's working. Uh, attitudes have changed here. People are looking forward to it, and, and basically that's the slogan for Southern Miss this year: is attitude is everything. So, yeah, and I think we could all attest to that. <laughs> um, well, a little bit about Georgia State. Obviously, a lot of people that listen to this show uh, know a lot about this, but uh, they they have a little bit of a reputation of, of kind of being giant killers at times, too. The big win over Tennessee a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, they, they've played Auburn tough. They've, they've played a lot of teams all the way to the brink, things like that. Uh, this is only their 13th year as a football team, and I think only the 11th or 12th as uh, Division One. And uh, in recent years, they are known for what we call state of Georgia football because it is quite popular not only in the high schools but uh, in basically Georgia, Georgia Tech, Georgia State, Georgia Southern are all very much known for playing really tough defense and just running the ball down your throat and uh, yeah. only utilizing the pass to offset the run. And all those schools tend to do that here lately. Uh, Georgia Southern just recently changed it up because they got – uh, Clay Helton down there that obviously likes to throw the ball, but yeah, beyond that, there's no there's no uh, doubt about nobody hides behind the fact that we're going to run the ball down your throat, and uh, as soon as you stack the box, there's a pass going over your head. Yep, that's what that's actually what I've been seeing. Uh, doing my little recruiting <laughs> on you guys, so. <laughs> that's the thing. Like I said, there's no there's no smoke and mirrors. It's it's very much. It is what it looks like. Right. I saw a lot of similarities between the two teams as I was doing a little research on Georgia State. Uh, you mentioned it's interesting. You mentioned that they both were giant killers. I actually looked up some past records on that, and, and, and I was thinking that before you even said that because, uh, <laughs> you know, so the Mrs. played Alabama stuff over the years, actually shut them out, Alabama, which yeah. is rare. So, you know, I see a lot of similarities in this team. Y'all are kind of a run-first team, or, you know, we, we kind of the same way. We're breaking in a new quarterback. So, yeah, it, it's a lot of similarities. So, I, I think the fans from Georgia State are almost going to be looking in the mirror come Saturday. So, <laughs> that'd be interesting. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely will. And, uh, you know, let's start right there with Southern Miss. Let's talk about you guys. You guys are doing something a little different that you don't always see in college because a lot of times – uh, the, the play of the team has a lot to do with if coach is able to stick around. But you guys have been playing really good defense, and you put the freshman quarterback out there, uh, Wilkie, I believe is his name. And yes, Zach you guys Wilkie. have, yep, Zach Wilkie. And you guys have just kind of said, you know what? He's our best option at quarterback. It's not because the other ones are not talented, but he is more talented than them. We're just going to roll with the freshman. We're going to just take our lumps as we get them. If he makes mistakes, great. If he doesn't make mistakes, fine. We're just going to roll with it, and we're going to build everything around him, something you don't normally see in, in uh, college. Yeah, actually, we had a redshirt freshman that was uh, named the start at the beginning of the year, Ty Keys. He's also a Mississippi guy out of Taylorsville. He got injured the first game. He hurt his hand. Uh, he tried to come back uh, two games later. After Wilkie, um, you know, it took over, but he came in and, and ended up injuring the hand again, so he's out for the year. But he was originally the starter, but even during the uh, training camps and the battles, it was actually neck and neck. So, 
But Zach Wilkie, he's, he's a handsy guy. He's <laughs> love his confidence. He's very confident. He has a swagger to him. A little up and down on the year so far, you know, nine interceptions to nine touchdowns. But um, he has eleven hundred over eleven hundred yards passing. So he, he really showed well doing Miami. That's what really gave him the job. We played Miami, and uh, if you watched that game or saw anything about it, it was seven to seven at the half down in, in yep. Miami. So they were actually playing them tough, but we kind of let it get away from us at the, at the end. It was, it's really not like the scores this evening. It was 30-7, to 7, but it's not like they just ran over Southern Miss, but we just kind of let some things get away from us. But that's when he really solidified himself. And, you know, there's a lot of growing pains with the kid, but it's also some great things. He won the game against Texas State uh, a couple of weeks ago on the last play of the game, which was crazy, like a 74-year-old pass. So, it's wow. a little growing things with him, but our offense is very unconventional. If you if you <laughs> follow Southern Miss, they'll come out in a pistol formation. Then the next one, they'll actually uh, spread you out and throw it. But then we have this thing called a super back, where Frank Gore, our lead running back, he'll he'll take over at the quarterback position, and you don't know if it's going to be a run, you don't know if it's going to be a pass because he's actually thrown a touchdown pass over this year and three on last year, so. <laughs> you you never know what formation Southern Miss is going to run. First down may be the screen, second down may be the pistol. And then when we do the <laughs> hey, superback, there's four different guys from the quarterback position. Wow. They'll rotate That's... in and out. So <laughs> get ready for that. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, you, you really don't have an idea who's going to be back there until the play, and that's, that makes it really hard to defend. Right, right. And all of them can throw out of that superback position whether it's the running back or a receiver back there or whoever. So, and then they may go back to Wilkie in the more conventional, you know, uh, high formation or the spread. So it's really confusing. I was watching the uh, Texas State broadcast, and their announcers was like, what, what the heck are they doing? Because it just kept going back and forth. So so that's something Georgia State fans, I, I've warned you. I've warned yeah. you. When you see it, you know. <laughs> well, well, that is that is one thing that uh, at least us on Media Row at Georgia State games, uh, when we were we were uh, doing some digging over the summer on some of the new guys in the Sun Belt, uh, the thing that did come up, they uh, somebody brought up. They said, "Hey, and you know, uh, Southern Miss, they they have a couple formations where they rotate." running backs and, and quarterbacks in, and, yep. and you just you don't know if they're going to run or pass. And I just kind of looked, and I was like, well, it's called a Wildcat. They said, no, it's completely different. And they pulled up the video, and we saw one of the uh, the Frank Gore Jr. touchdown throws from last <laughs> year, and we were like, oh, that's what you mean by that. I was like, that's going to be hard to, to follow. That's pretty crazy. Yep, the super big. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, though. I'm, that's, that sounds like something I would come up with and just, like, school people in Madden on. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. And also uh one of the main weapons on the out is uh Jason Brownley, our receiver, you know, so he he has uh over five five right at five hundred yards receiving on the year and he's the main target. It's it's just a completion that you need, it's a big pass, that's who it's going to. It's gonna be Brownley and uh very reliable target, senior receiver, so yeah, at at six three two oh two, he is a big target on the outside, and and according to the stats I'm looking at, we don't know how official these are, but uh, I got him at thirty four receptions, four hundred and ninety nine yards, and six touchdowns. Yep, yep, that's the ones I have also. And um, but make no mistake though, the the offense it, it has its moments, but this team is led by the defense. 
The defense yeah. is led, uh, and the Southern Miss has been known for defense over the years. As a matter of fact, uh, when they were really in the heyday of their defense, it was called the Nasty Bunch, and they actually haven't mm-hmm. called them that in years because it, <laughs> it hadn't been up to their standard. <laughs> but this year, they've actually called them the Nasty Bunch again because they got some guys that will really get out there, and, and this, this team is led by the as the defense goes. Well, once again, there's another parallel because even though the Georgia State offense uh, has its good has its good moments, and uh, you know, very regularly we will get any mix of the three running backs and uh, the starting quarterback. Any of those four could go for over a hundred. We very regularly have at least two of them over a hundred rushing. Mm. Uh, this this defense that we have is that's that's been the bread and butter. Now this year they've been kind of up and down more, but if you see any of the tape from last week, it looks like the defense is back on this side too. So. You know, we were talking the over-under is 48 points, and typically I would say, oh, I would take the over because it's Sunbelt, but if both these teams are known for a defense, uh, for our betting friends there, maybe you go under. Yeah, uh, Southern Miss, and they particularly play really well defense at home too. So uh, you got guys on the inside like Quentin Bivens. You know, he's leading the team right now with 3.5 sacks, but the leader of the defense, Malik Short, man, he, he's all over the field. <laughs> you may see him at linebacker, you may see him at safety. So, you know, he, he's leading uh, leading us right now in interceptions, but he's the, he's the captain of that defense. So definitely led by the defense. The offense is, is up and down. It's coming along, but the defense is the heart and soul. So this is going to be really interesting. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. And uh it uh, looks like Ratcliffe is, is uh, racking them up too and uh and uh Kawan, I think is his name. Mhm. Yep. And looks like I call them tackle monsters, your your leading tacklers, uh Shorts and Latham. <laughs> they look oh, like yeah. they're if you come in the middle of the field they're gonna they're coming for you. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, like I said, the lead shorts is all over the field. You may see him pick off a pass. You may see him with a sack. You may see him with a bunch of tackles. And, and he, like I say, he's the leader. But uh, it's a lot of guys on the outside. Also, great special teams game. Um, kicker is great. The punter is great. So, like I said, once the offense really catches up, you know, it's a little inconsistent now with a freshman quarterback. But, you know, he's learning. He has his up and down moments. But, yeah, defense is our calling court. Yeah, definitely so. And we're here with Jermaine Powell of Chop Shop uh, Podcast and Sports Talk 101 on Facebook, talking a little Southern Mississippi. Um, I got to ask because, for lack of a better way to put it, sometimes in, in the history of Georgia State, we have been known to put the special in special teams. That we have just <laughs> had some some moments where you, you're just you know, somebody misses an assignment and, and weird things happen. Or, I mean, sometimes the ball bounces our way. And we we had a uh, fourth-string wide receiver last week who got a chance to be in the game. He fumbles near the red zone. The defense makes the stop, and then he's actually the one that gets the following punt, and he returned it 10 yards past where he fumbled it. So it just oh, weird wow. things happen sometimes. And I often say at Georgia State, that get out your bingo card of uh, random crazy things that can happen during a football game, and I'd be willing to bet you black that card out by the end of it. You will you will cover every spare square there is on there. So special teams wise, what are we looking at with the uh, with the Golden Eagles? Yeah, special team wise, uh, 
we got uh, Breeze Bogosius. He's our place kicker. Actually, been there. Uh, I think it's his third year, I believe. But he's actually uh, very good with inside, probably forty-five, and he's even hit a fifty on time. So, if we can get inside the fifty, we got a good chance with him. And uh, the punter is good, very good. So, special teams cover very well. I don't think we've given up a big, a really big return this year. So, yeah, special teams is pretty good too on our end. So. I don't know if it's the adventure you say that Georgia State is, but <laughs> that was, oh, yeah, it's, it's been pretty uh, consistent. Yeah, it, like I said, it uh, it, it has its moments when you're just like, uh, I don't think I've ever seen that before. And I was like, no, nah, it's a bingo card. I'm telling you, it's they always keep you on your toes. If it's if it's a punt, uh, a kickoff, a kick, a field goal, any of that stuff, don't don't go get your popcorn or, or go to the restroom right now. You you want to make sure you watch. Something crazy could happen. Oh, yeah, definitely. Can't leave you see for a minute. <laughs> exactly. It's, it is must-watch for it is the most entertaining. Um, a thing I like to do on, on all the shows that, that we do here is I like to come up with the three keys to victory. This time it's going to be a little different because I guess there's technically going to be six keys total. But um, okay. we'll, cut, we'll kind of go back and forth on it. I'll let you do the – I'll let you do the three keys for Southern Miss. Like I said, we'll go back and forth. Or better yet, I'll let you do all three of yours, and then I'll do all three of, of Georgia State. But what are your three keys to victory for how Southern Mississippi can defeat Georgia State this week? Three keys to victory is going to be field position. we we got to win the battle of the field position against Georgia State. Uh, for a couple of games this season, we've backed up in our, deep in our territory. I noticed we haven't done as well. The drives have stalled out. But Field position. We have to play the field position game. We have to win that one. That's key number one. Number two is going to be getting Zach Wilkie off to a great start. Once you get a little confidence going to him, I would start maybe with some short, intermediate, easy passes, something that he's very comfortable with. And once we get him going, we can kind of get the run game going, big back and forth, maybe with a little super back action there. But uh, getting the young kids some confidence going forward, I think, would be really good because this would actually get us at six and three on the season and first time we'll be bowl eligible in about the last three or four years so that that would actually be really good to do and the third thing to do is continue to bring the defensive pressure especially from the front uh the front seven they have been playing really well and and we got to keep that up especially at home against the georgia state team that said they like to pound the rock (laughs) and run it so (laughs) The defensive front seven is going to be the third key for the Southern Miss Golden Eagles to win this game. Okay. Well, then to recap, and I may recap it again in a minute, you said number one, field position. Right. Number two, number two, get your quarterback comfortable. That's yes. And then number three, the defensive pressure, especially that, that front seven. Yeah, that front seven. All right. Well, I'm I'm writing all these down. I like to keep up with them. But because okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, the, the way we talk, there's there's a chance that uh, that uh, you could be back next week, and we will we will see how we did with these. But love to be back. Um, love to be back. Mark it down on your calendars, everybody. Jermaine's going to be back next week, except for he's going to be on the front of the show and not on the on the uh, back segment. So there you go. <laughs> Major breaking news in the middle of the show. That's absolutely great. Um, awesome. The three. The three keys for Georgia State to get a victory. Uh, like I said, what we call state of Georgia football. I think if they establish the run the way they like to do 
and to win that line of scrimmage battle. Like I said, we very regularly have at least at least one over 100, if not a second or third getting really close between uh, mm. the quarterback and three running backs. Usually two of them are really close to 100, if not over it. If we can get up to those kinds of things, that means we're, we're playing our kind of ball. That means we're right. controlling the clock. We're, we're keeping the pace where we want it. So key number one, we're going to establish our run. Uh, key number two is I think our defense that uh, has got uh, – we've had a couple injuries, a couple shakeups in the defensive backs. So you guys having a pretty good air game is something that we're going to have to watch. But I trust our front seven the way you're talking about yours as well. I think we need to get the pressure on Wilkie. I think we need to make him make decisions before he wants to. Basically the opposite of what your second one is. And you want him to be comfortable. I want him to be uncomfortable. I want him to have to scramble around, run to his to his weak side, you know, throw the ball before he's ready to because that's going to cause turnovers and that's, yeah. That's usually a pretty good sign that we're we're doing pretty good too. So, yeah. uh, key number two, I want your quarterback uncomfortable. And then <laughs> key number three, I want to kind of tie two things together. Uh, we need to win the turnover battle, and we need to not put the special in special teams. We need to just straight up do the things we're supposed to do on special teams and and win the turnover battle. And I, I think if we do those things. Uh, it could easily be twenty eight twenty seven or it could or it could be i don't know thirteen to ten, but uh I do think this is gonna go down to the wire, and I think by the end of it uh i I do feel like we're gonna be on the winning side of it, even though you guys have won two more games than we have, yeah, we're sitting at five and three now, and uh, if I can just reference back to your second uh point real quick here. That's actually yeah. I would put a star by that if I was you guys because uh watching Wilkie. The more he gets comfortable, the better he is. I've seen mm-hmm. him under pressure. He doesn't operate really well under pressure, and I don't know how much film you watch, but he's not a mobile guy at all. So he's not right. the guy that's going to pull it down and run for, you know, 10 yards out of it or anything like that. And um, what I've noticed once he gets under pressure, he, he makes quick decisions sometimes that may not be the right decision. So <laughs> that's why I said the more I can get him comfortable, it would be better, but yeah, that that's a definite start that you should guys should look by there. He hasn't handled pressure very well up to this point. Yeah, well, uh, hopefully, uh, I don't know when Georgia State is actually going to travel over there, and uh, but when they do, there's some people that that I would like for Wilkie to for Zach Wilkie to meet, and that is oh, okay. uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that is Dontre Hunter, Javon Dennis, Thomas Gore, uh, Tylen Dunlap. Jamal Muhammad, uh, Jordan Jones, if he's healthy, if not Justin Abraham, and uh, Jordan Vinzial, otherwise known as our front seven, because I feel like they're going to be really close friends during this game, and they're going to see each other a lot. So I just I figured they should go ahead and try to hit it, at, you know, hit it off, and maybe play some Call of Duty online before the game really starts. And you know, <laughs> these these could really be his best friends because if everything goes right, he's going to see those seven or eight people a lot more than he's going to see, um, you know, his his own front line. Well, let's hope that they meet uh, after the game, shaking hands. It's on time that they really meet. I hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, this this is this is something I want to bring to the show, and I'm glad you you kind of brought it up because it reminded me. Um, what is one of the better places to eat in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, where after the game they can all go share a meal? 
Oh, wow. There's a lot. Matter of fact, uh, the parking is great here. You uh, be right by the stadium. There's plenty of parking right across the street. We have a whole bunch of facilities. Matter of fact, Fat Boys Pizza is across the street. It's very popular. Uh, you know, this is a college town, so it's jumping yep. with a lot of places to go. But I would recommend uh, Fat Boys Pizza is one, definitely, that's very popular right across the street. Matter of fact, from the stadium, can't miss it. There you go. Shout out Fat Boys Pizza. I'm going to tag you in this post and everything, too. And, hey, uh, maybe next time Jermaine's in town, you, you slide him a, uh extra pie or something like that. Uh, yeah, I'll be there. So uh, any Georgia State fans that's coming down, uh, I'll be on this side. So <laughs> I'll be a couple of Hey, there you high. go. Yep, there you go. But uh, I, I really do think this is going to be a good game. Uh, I know yeah, you guys want too. this game because you'll be bowl eligible. Uh, we want yeah. this game because we have to win three out of the next four to, to be at a bowl. But it, it, this season is mirroring last season. I, I never understand why we why we like to dig the deepest hole, go ahead and not even put a ladder <laughs> down in it, and just see if we can climb out. But that's that's what they've done this year. But this team really comes alive in the second half. And from what I see, yeah. you guys are, are going to bring it too. So uh, I look forward to how the game's going to play out this year, and uh, I look forward to you guys being here next year because I want to see them close up. Yes, sir, I, I, I do, and I appreciate you having me on the show. And also, before I leave, I, I would be remiss mm-hmm. if I didn't say uh, rest in peace to uh, Ray Guy, former Southern Miss mm-hmm. alumni, uh, the only punter that's in the Hall of Fame, uh, mm-hmm. played for the Raiders many years, and he passed away today. So. Yep. yep. Remiss if I didn't say yep. rest in peace to Mr. Ray Guy, one of our famous alumni here at Southern Miss. Of course, you probably know the others, but, yeah, he passed away on today. <laughs> yep, I, I was very saddened by that news because uh, I, I was able later on to, to go back and look at the, the footage of him and film and everything. And uh, he, he was really a special nice guy on the field. He was even more special off off the field. So uh, thoughts, prayers, really nice to guy, all his yeah. family. Yeah. Well, but uh, Jermaine, it was great having you on. Obviously, like we said, breaking news. He's going to be in the first segment next week. So we will, you know, rain, rain, sleet, snow, hail, whatever happens during this game, we're going to both, uh, we're going to, we're going to both uh, be there for the humble pie serving uh, early yes, next week. Uh, but, but hey, we we both answer the the bell if if anybody gets in uh, sports oh, yeah. sports talk one hundred and one, they know that we, yeah. we always face the critics. <laughs> yeah, we do. But. Uh, but besides besides if you guys check out uh, Sports Talk 101 on Facebook, definitely check out the Chop Shop podcast they or uh, show rather. They yeah, uh, mm-hmm. they talk Atlanta Braves among all kinds of other things. It's a fantastic show. Even if I was not a guest on it, I would tell you it's a fantastic <laughs> show. They do some some great things. But oh, yeah. Uh, it, yeah yeah you and Tyrus and everybody uh, are. Tyrus is one of my favorite people to debate, so it is always fun to to be <laughs> live on on a media thing with him. And he's always up for it too. So, <laughs> oh yes, oh yes, he is always ready to go. I feel like I could call him in the yes, middle sir. of the night. I'm not going to, but I I feel right, like I right. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't suggest it, but right, but. But, uh, Jermaine, it's been fantastic having you on. Uh, Obviously, look forward to having you on again next week. And uh, I guess we will see how this game plays out on Saturday. What, at 3 o'clock kick our time, that would be 2 o'clock, you guys, at M.M. Roberts Stadium. Wanted to make sure you get that in there. 
Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. Hey, hey. All the Georgia State fans, drive safe, and I'll see you at the Rock, as we call it. Hey, he'll see you down there. It's, it's the same thing I always say. If you guys see me out at an event, come say hey. We'd love to talk to you. We will debate whatever you want, any of that kind of stuff. Same thing with Jermaine. Yep. You'll find him out there. Same tell thing. Tell him you heard him <laughs> on the show, and, and, uh, and we're ready to debate anything. Yeah, I'll, be, I'll actually be on the business side, so yeah. There you go, guys. Look for Jermaine. He'll be out there. But this has been another great episode of GSU Panther Zone. We will see you guys next week. Both of us will see you next week. Go Panthers. Yes, sir. All right.